Hello, I'm Francis Seeley from Globalnet21, and I'd like to welcome you to this podcast. This is one of the many podcasts that we do in the Conversation Across Borders series, and I'm doing this with Tracy's Dreams and Marina Fanetto. And let's start with Marina introducing our guest for today, where we're talking about storytelling in the digital age. Hi, everybody. Today we are here again for our Conversation Across Borders podcast. And uh, um, it is uh, a series that uh, friends and I do together. And our guest today is... uh, Marie uh, Elisabeth Müller, and she's known as a futurist, educator, and author. She has uh, uh, more than 15 years uh, of experience as a uh, um, senior editor and chief editor for broadcast, and she has worked as a professor. And uh, now I think that she can tell us more about herself. Yeah, uh, hi uh, Francis, hi Nerina, it's really nice to connect online here. Something I have done for many years with a group of international educators actually, and uh, so now everyone has to do it. But I think we are um, working in uh, topics of global relevance and how to globally connect, so it's very natural to us uh, to work uh, on, on such a platform. Yeah, today I'm happy um, that we have the opportunity to discuss the state of uh, storytelling and the topic that is very, very important uh, for me, what matters uh, to me is how we can use emerging technology to better tell stories, to really reach people better and many people as as possible with our uh, stories. And... um, From my experience and from research, we know that it's always, uh, it's almost a universal uh, aspect that people love listening to other people's stories. So that is something in our information ecosystem today that uh, we are coming from maybe like anchors talking uh, top down uh, to people Um, have already made uh, a choice which information matters. But now we are moving into an ecosystem and we are are there already, where people have a uh, a choice themselves, which information is relevant to them, uh, which platform is relevant uh, to them. So this is changing. When I look back in my biography, the story that is maybe interesting for other people uh, to um, to listen to from my part is that when I was a kid, I was surrounded by people who had survived or taken part in the Second World War. And uh, that was my father, who was a teenager soldier in Second World War. My mother, she was a little girl evacuated upcountry in Bavaria and um, their circle of friends and and uh, professional uh, colleagues uh, had the same experience and all of them they didn't want to talk about it we know no? there was a huge silence no one really wanted to talk about it until the end of the 90s so that triggered my interest 
to have a conversation, to find out more, to investigate their story and that matter to me. And I think that triggered my lifelong interest in true stories. That is what is journalism about, isn't it? It tells stories because we can't tell all the facts in an engaging way if you just use a list or something. So we need a story to make it more human, to um, wire it to the brains of people. And so uh, even before I finished my A-levels, I explored storytelling in a local newspaper. Then for several years, I worked at the State Theater from that part, also a very art-related way of storytelling. And then uh, in the time when I finished my master's degree program in Tübingen, I started my professional career as a radio journalist at public broadcast in Stuttgart, Tübingen, Baden-Baden, what we know today as Südwestrundfunk. And for many, many years, I worked there as an editor and a producer. And I think there, what I learned is really the importance of technology, uh, embracing technology for storytelling. And uh, I started to work with analog technology, with tapes, many uh, tape machines. We always were looking for solutions for our creative um, problems and challenges. And then from the mid 90s, I was working in the first fully digitally equipped uh, production studio that was in Stuttgart. Can I, and it can changed. I, can, I, can, I just, can I just yeah. ask you something about what you said earlier and then we'll come to the digital side and what that means. But I found it very interesting that you said that um, you talked to your father, you learned about his war experiences because as in England, they didn't want to talk about it. No one wanted to talk about it. It took a long time mm. to do that. Mm. And I've just been reading a book called uh, Nonsense States, How Feelings Have Taken Over the World. And the argue, his argument is that the way that academics and experts put information over in a neutral way does not connect with people. What connects with people is storytelling. And is that how you feel, that in order to get messages over, you can't any longer rely on the academic approach right. because that doesn't connect. You have to find a different narrative. Yeah, I wouldn't um, put them into competition, you know. But I think is this paradigm of objectivity is wrong. It was always wrong. And for me, I always felt it's not right. It's like there is this gatekeeping journalism and they know what is good for people. And that is gone and that is luckily gone. But um, stories have to be verified and credible. And even if we tell them in an engaging and personal way, that is the best way to do, to reach people and to wire it to their brains and to their memory and start a conversation and interact. But it has to be credible. So, um, and, and that comes with science. We live in a time where science and scientific and academic research and uh, outcomes are under threat and journalism is under threat. So all the value systems which are able to provide and protect uh, so social fabrics and democratic fabrics, they are under attack even from heads of state. Uh, from governments, and that is the challenge. So I wouldn't say that academic and research um, 
voices should be not heard any longer, but we should make sure that people can believe it because we are credible. It's, 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 it's actually the credibility is connected to the people. And there, recently I, I read this wonderful book, um, The View from Somewhere. It's from Lewis Raven uh, Wallace, just uh, out uh, very recently. And that is about this, uh, to pretend there is an objective and clear opinion or fact, that is not, not right. And people don't believe that any longer. Um, but uh, the challenge for journalism and, and so is really to, to find that out. And I think uh, to connect to what I said with, the, with my father and, and uh, his friends and so, in the beginning of, uh, in, in 2003 or so, I met Mietek Pemper, a Holocaust survivor, and I had worked as a journalist with Hannah Krall from Poland. And um, the stories, so I wrote a book together with Mietek Pemper, an American colleague, about his story, about how he helped um, Oskar Schindler to protect and rescue uh, 1,200 uh, Jewish inmates in Krakow Plasho. And what we can learn from these uh, very dark chapters, terrible chapters uh, of, of our history, is that the gov sometimes governments and powerful institutions try to delete, to erase the story, and we don't have any documents. And that is a challenge journalism has to uh, solve and to find out how to tell stories with um, gaps in between. To make clear here, that is a gap. It could have happened like that. Or we know it, it has happened like that. And that we don't know, but we combine. And so that is why we have to say what we know, what we don't know what we add because we have done our research, what different voices can add. And that is a very complex spectrum. And that was always in journalism like that. But we have now a different approach and uh, we know more about it and we can, we, we have more tools and um, options uh, to, to connect to people. Uh, okay. you, 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 you speak very often about the fact that uh, there are not longer um, the gatekeepers, so that we are in a, so this social journalism, uh, journalism as a service, and this and mobile journalism is changing uh, also the, the perspective, so we are not any longer in that position that we were when the, the fact that you... Um, speaking about happened we are in a new situation can you tell us more about this uh, maybe to wrap up my my biography and and answering uh, your question is that digital isn't is a big enabler for me and i learned that uh, i'm a trained uh, journalist in, in analog and uh, digital technology and then later from 2004, I switched to education and I switched to education in international setting. I lived and worked for four years at the University of Nairobi, for example, in Kenya. And there I entered the mobile ecosystem much sooner than it had reached uh, Germany or, or many uh, European uh, professional circles. So I could see that the mobile is already um, an empowerment tool. 
And for me, uh, and also my uh, training partner, Devadas Rajaram, we would say digital is social, is mobile, uh, to, to have this clear. Digital is genuinely social. It's, it's so, social media is the door opener, it's the first stage. You can't reach any other context and, and story environment and communication environment in digital if you don't understand social. From social, you will connect, you will generate leads in terms of marketing and, and monetization, but you will also connect to people who will migrate to different platforms and maybe to long form content if they connect with you on social. And social is mobile. Yeah, our mobile phones, our smartphones, I was laughed at for many years, but now through the pandemic, more people understand that they open up and see the really the potential. Smartphones are like a fully equipped broadcast studio and everyone can use it. Everyone can use it. And that is my educational vision yeah. to really help people to, to work with, with that. And that makes it more social, more connected. We have the feedback uh, of uh, people, what they want, what they don't want, what is beneficial to them. And uh, this kind of social journalism that you first understand, where is your user? For example, most users today worldwide, they will come to our newsrooms by using their mobile phones. And so from a storytelling uh, environment, we must think how our stories, how our content is very engaging on the smartphone. Yeah, and yeah. then people yeah. come, they migrate to other platforms. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. And I'm glad to say that because if you could talk a bit more about that, and that is storytelling. Yeah, I mean, you, you've got a project called New Age Storytelling and New Age says a lot in the word. Now age. <laughs> yeah, but now, I mean, storytelling traditionally, you think of, you know, around the campfire and someone telling a story for 30 minutes, an hour, and people being engaged. But we're in the age of social media. We've got to understand social. We're in the age of Twitter. We're in the age of lower attention spans. And so storytelling is in the digital age has got to be different. Now, how do you get people to understand that? If you're going to tell stories... Uh, that are digital, they've got to be very different to the campfire, old-fashioned, you know, chat around that fireplace. No, it's not so different. That is still, uh, I think, a very good metaphor, but it's, um, it, the, the, the physical touch uh, uh, is maybe missing. But where we are going to is spatial, spatial storytelling and what we call is a, a story experience yeah this this uh, started with 360 degree and uh, 3d 4d yesterday i listened to wonderful music in 8d technology so you are really as the user and as a producer you are entering the story it's a space you can move and and interact in that and maybe I can, um, my, my vision and, and that what, what I have learned uh, over the last uh, years, um, best explained by the name we have chosen for our uh, storytelling uh, lab, uh, that is now a storytelling, because what is important now is 
we are living in an age where we tell stories with a little time and effect of um, post-production, where there's real time, and live. And live and real time is like sitting around a campfire and, and connecting, telling stories, uh, have a, having a conversation. The difference is that we can do it now from anywhere, on the go, anytime to our convenience. Um, we connect in, in live uh, streams. That is what we call the gold currency. That is why we have chosen a name now as storytelling. We don't have to change every now and then. And this will stay with us that people are much more engaging, telling stories, communicating in real time and live. And that's also very much uh, with a mobile uh, phone uh, for now. Then um, age, age is what we understand the innovation speed in the 21st century is so fast, is so accelerated that we have to really update ourselves all the time on the fly. And um, innovation spe is, uh, speed can be measured, for example, how long does it take a software company and a startup to develop a tech uh, product and then uh, enter the market with it. And that took years in former times and now it's like uh, three months six months or so. So that is the innovation speed. So we, we have to be very fast. We have uh, to change our attitude and uh, develop a different uh, experimental uh, attitude. And then uh, storytelling, again, language and communication is connected to storytelling because we don't have a mathematical a model for reality and for facts and for news and for communication. We have to tell stories, we have to leave space for a conversation, for interpretation. And that is uh, all of that comes together in the world now as storytelling. And Marie, and on your Twitter account, you wrote uh, recently digital skills. Um, and professional storytelling are not for tops, do it. And on your, on your um, website, uh, you write, you, we are teach enablers. We use the power of technology to connect people and communities and brands with communities. Also, also the, 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 what I would like to hear more from you is one fact what you mentioned that there is a innovation speed is pretty fast, then you, you need to, to do it to understand probably also the importance of technology. But at the same time, um, so what are the positive aspects of this new age, now age storytelling this, uh, for journalism? And what are the problems with it? Also it is not only everything positive, isn't it? Yeah, there are massive uh, problems. And um, through the pandemic, we can, we can see them uh, live uh, in a very painful uh, way. For me, I think it's, it's very positive to see that everyone can have a voice and we can help with a technology that can be very lean and uh, cost efficient 
everyone has a mobile phone. It even doesn't need to be the latest model and so to make this experience. And I always say do it or make stuff because if you don't do it yourself, it's very difficult. You can't observe it. You, you can't understand how easy it is. I come from this huge studio equipment and now I can do things. We were working for hours or days. I do it with the tap of my finger. And that experience, that is a completely different visual grammar as well for the producer, as well for the user. And if you don't have this experience, this haptic, uh, very fast, seamless, interactive, fun, uh, creative storytelling, um, then the, you can't understand it. So that is, in general, that is a very positive development. What is uh, my big concern, and, and I think you are interested in, in talking about um, what happened is uh, the, the revenue model, no? the, the whole um, model of uh, having a secure financing even on the market is away, so it, it broke away. And um, we have to protect our democracies by protecting journalism and uh, public broadcast. I am now today, I'm convinced we live in the situation where can we have democracy without journalism? Because so now also in the pandemic, so many newsrooms are closing down. It's very difficult to, to have a, a sustainable business model behind it. But one thing for sure is in, in our European democracies, we have independent platforms. We build them with love and passion and knowledge and skills over decades after the Second World War and, and even uh, some before. And uh, so we have to protect our public broadcast. That is our, the soul of our democracies right now for me. Yeah. And that is why I'm very passionate to bring digital to the public broadcast so that they can really reach the full potential. Yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting because we call this webinar, you know, the relationship between storytelling and democracy. Uh, and that's a really important one because we talked about, you know, data and academic ways of putting things however we talked about tackling emotions is the other thing which the populists have done in our country, in your country, in the east of Germany and so on. And they've, what they've learned is to tackle into emotions by getting very, very simple slogans. They get mm. two or three simple slogans and it works and it connects with people mm. in a way that the establishment doesn't know yet how to do. So is storytelling a way of sort of countering that, of finding a different way of doing that and therefore restoring some sort of democratic credibility? Yeah, that is my, that is, uh, I'm absolutely convinced that we have to understand storytelling and to make it valuable to really connect with social good purposes and to connect uh, uh, communities. And the future will also be that we have this strong uh, public broadcast system and smaller, maybe self-owned newsrooms who uh, who drive social journalism and and um, understand social journalism is uh, like in design thinking um, methods you listen first you have to listen first and uh, understand who are the people you are talking to what uh, are the problems and 
it can start also this having this credibility, building credibility. I always say we have to build a storyteller's credibility in peaceful, calm times in everyday life time so that it will work in crisis times. And actually, I'm very delighted to see that most users, what I have read from Reuters uh, study recently, the most users are going to public platforms, public broadcasts, and so to um, get news right now because they know this is more credible than, than other sources. Even social media, that doesn't mean it's not across platforms. Uh, some uh, public broadcasters do really good job also on social media right now. So it doesn't matter which channel, but they go to, to the more independent and more reliable um, uh, platforms. And, uh, and Marie, and you, you, you speak often about a collaborative uh, journalism. What is this? Uh, yeah, collaborative uh, uh, journalism is also very much uh, self-defined uh, communities. Communities uh, doesn't mean that you have to be at the same uh, geographical location. You can have uh, a community that is virtual, like I am. Uh, I have been invited since 2014 to a group of international um, educators uh, from journalism uh, on four continents and we bring together our students in live reporting, what we call a pop-up newsroom. And um, because I, I think your last uh, podcast about uh, global equality and, and it also showed them um, we, we are connected. Everything what we do has a consequence somewhere else uh, on this uh, planet. And even if now we can't travel or in former times also not everyone had the resources to travel, but we can use digital tools to collaborate and to really profoundly build uh, communities which are virtual and offline. It can have both sides. And to learn more about each other and to make sure that a diversity of perspective is, uh, is heard, to give voices to to people and to communities from all over the globe uh, which are not heard, which are not listened to normally or in former times. It was much more difficult. For example, in my station, you have this program um, outline uh, for one month or so, and then maybe there's one uh, program window for a documentary about one African topic let's say in uh, something uh, minus in Angola or so. And then if you come with another topic, it might be very, very important, but then they say, oh no, Africa had been uh, broadcasted uh, already. So there is no, no space for some other topic from Africa. Yeah. So, is, um, is, I mean, is that, is that what you're trying to do? You, 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 you're talking about collaborative journalism and in a way, are you trying to say what the digital age does is it makes that more possible. It allows voices that are not heard to be heard. It gives a global aspect to what we're doing and we can bring stories all over the world to show both what we have in common and what issues and problems there are that we need to confront. Yeah, the problems are uh, certainly credibility, how can we how can we tackle fake uh, news and and uh, the f fake news from the governments uh, to really keep uh, journalism and storytellers have to 
raised voices empower other voices but also this check and balance system is not possible without independent journalism and 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 marie you you are based in germany right now but you uh, used to live in india uh, or you you lived in india and collaborate uh, with other people in india so if we look at these two realities for example uh, india and uh, germany What, what does it mean, um, mobile journalism for India, and what does it mean for Germany, and where do they have to uh, move? Where, where your vision for this, for example, two countries um, for the future? Yeah, so um, I, uh, I invented the term innovation telling, and that is, um, I think, also something very important uh, to me, that we, as journalists and storytellers, that we explain the technology, Um, people are already using, but the level of uh, how 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 wealthy is a society or how many people can make use of this technology is obviously very different. So in when you go to India, you have really to look at the communities there, which tools are they already using. Because if you, even I, I talked to South, to a South African colleague recently, and the same is also in some regions in India, there is no bandwidth. So you can't just uh, use all the multimedia and 360 degree uh, videos and so like you would do in, in Germany because people have better or more stable internet uh, most of the time. And uh, or the level of education is not that high that they uh, it's better to work with audio messages. That is why you have to know the whole toolbox of digital methods and devices and to be variable as an educator that you know, okay, this rural community in central India, they like to uh, interact with the news platform to tell them what they need Uh, really and to complain and to find solutions together but you can't use anything else than audio recording and bluetooth as a, a transmission and so that is a solution for them and it's very mobile but it's it's really suitable for this community here you have maybe uh, the opportunity also It depends on a younger generation, kids or so, to have a more interactive, engaging, maybe with even augmented reality uh, stories or so. Uh, so it, it depends very much which technology do you use uh, with the community you want to interact uh, and engage with. Uh, Yeah, sorry, Maria. Sorry, no, Marie, but isn't... Um, how I imagine is that perhaps mobile uh, journalism is a, a, a bigger enable, enabler uh, for, uh, for developing countries because of the possibilities to open up to yeah. more voices. Or, or is it a perspective that it's not? The mobile phone, oh, it's, it's, it's funny that we call it phone. It's really misleading because it's like a whole business and, uh, and, and media house. 
and you can run your business only from mobile. You can have mobile-only workflows for content creation, for project management, for remote uh, team, now even for online teaching, you can do everything only mobile. And that is so powerful. And I, as I mentioned before, I have experienced that it's, it's very, very powerful, especially in non-European context where people didn't have a telephone system and, and landline system and so, but they, they jumped from radio to mobile. Okay, so penultimate question because we're getting close to the end and you've talked about people having to understand the different tools that they need to, to, to work in the new age technology and we talked about how journalists need to change and how they need to collaborate um, and how they need to get their message over by digital forms of storytelling um, but with the big challenges that were faced on public television and with the growth of messages going in different ways, such as populist and so on. Uh, how confident and how optimistic are you that storytelling in the way that you're talking about it is going to have a real future in helping, you know, develop a healthy democracy? In my nature, in my personality, I am an optimist. So I am optimistic um, because I see that very important, powerful, also young um, political movement like Fridays for Future or Never Again in, in the US and so at Black Lives Matter, they used mobile storytelling and they reached a really a huge um, audience uh, with that. But it won't happen without uh, fighting for it. It won't happen without fighting for it and, and without working in this, uh, keeping working in, in, in this uh, direction, uh, I think. And the challenge is really uh, very manifolded because the uh, innovation speed is so fast that uh, people are very easily overwhelmed by all the uh, technological uh, opportunities. And, and so it's, it's very important for me uh, to help that schools are better equipped with digital, that this uh, digital transformation is taken seriously only if many people as possible, almost everyone uh, gets an understanding of digital, learns the basic rules, how to communicate, verify using a, a smartphone and uh, we already move into artificial intelligence, um, spatial uh, computing, uh, 5G, all these things are coming very fast. And so it's very, very important that people have the basic understanding how to communicate. We can only reach people today with stories because we have this noisy digital social environment and we can only reach people if we do it in a mobile way because that is really, it's, it's the fundament for, from our, for our house. It's really the basement without an understanding for mobile and smartphone technology and potential, there won't be a house. Uh, Marie, Elisabeth, this is the, the really last question, but you are writing a book about mobile storytelling. Can you tell us a little bit about this? 
Yeah, that is social storytelling. And I have a, a German publisher. We first will publish it in, in German, then in English and other languages. And it, it's supposed to be very hands-on and, and um, reflecting exactly what we talked about. Because in my time in India, I met so many business people, small business people, one person, businesses, startups, women entrepreneurs. And everyone needs to understand storytelling and social storytelling because internally to motivate your teams, to build your teams, externally to talk to sponsors, to talk to the bank, to, um, to, to tell your brand in form of a story across platforms. And so, so that is also a very important thing that everyone, not only academic and educated people, uh, not only journalists, uh, but, but that everyone really understands better to tell um, uh, stories about their lives, about their goals, about uh, their products, um, about their teams. And, and only then, I'm sure we, we will have a social democratic future. Okay, so final question then. Um, you know, if people want to find out more about your work or what you do or how they contact you, what do they do? I am on all social platforms available. Um, I have a personal handle that is most of the time Memplex, M-E-M-P-L-E-X. And of course, now age uh, storytelling, the website uh, together with uh, Devada Sajaram, uh, I'm available there and it's, it's very agile and lean today. Just uh, send me a message and I will get back to you. Thank you so much, um, uh, Marie, for this uh chat about mobile storytelling journalism. So I think that there are many, many topics that we have not spoken about, that we could have spoken about, but uh, uh, I think that is a, a big, big question for our democracy and for our future, and we are going to keep speaking about mobile storytelling, democracy, and the challenge of communication. Thank you so much, uh, uh, Marie, and thank you so much, Francis, for having us.